Christian that I didn't I didn't do it. There was there was a Christmas party I went to at the Orvix house and I drank eggnog, which I love eggnog. If you've been listening to other shows, you'll know that I love the fuck out of eggnog. <laughs> and so I would hang out at this one house and they would like be cool with drinking and I never really got like super wasted, but I was like, oh, I had a couple cup of, cups of eggnog, you know. Right. But I didn't really drink in high school and then I got to college and I was like, I found my thing. College turns you up. I think I found it. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do lots and lots of acid and smoke tons of weed. And I love drinking and smoking. And I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, I'm fun. I'm way more fun. Like, I went from being, like, super stick-in-the-mud prissy pants to being like, I am fucking fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, you, you know, there was that one almost rape. But other than that, <laughs> it was really. Almost. Uh, in the well, I didn't get raped. Because the, I was, the thing is that I've, I'm, I've always been like I hung out, I hang out with dudes. Like right. I'm the girl that hangs out with dudes. It's just been the way it is. And comedy makes a lot of sense for me because it's all dudes, and I just hang out with them. And I've always been that way. I've always just wanted to hang out with the guys. Like that's kind of what I do or what I enjoy doing, and I seem to be able to relate to them, and deal with it. Frat guys and I think I don't usually have girlfriends. You know, I have like a couple close girlfriends, but mostly I hang out with dudes. Uh, so, ooh, I'm high now, by the way. <laughs> so, that, that shit is hitting me. The CBD and the THC are being is synergistic. It's roaring up out of you. They're synergistic. But, oh, so this is this is the rape story. So, I was really good friends with all, like, the guys we'd hang out. And we all went down to Rosarito to stay for spring break. And it was the girls. And we were staying in this one place. And then there were the guys. And they were staying, like, next door. And we were all having a lot of fun. And I was like, I was hanging out with just a lot of dudes. And some of them were really cool, and well, and one of them wasn't, and so I was wasted, like tequila wasted, like in Rosarito, Mexico, wasted. And this one sleazy frat guy brought me upstairs, and he was trying to get my clothes off, and I was out. And like, um, this guy, his last name was McCune, and they owned, they actually owned a bunch of um, car, they sell cars in San Diego, like the McCune family. He came upstairs and he saved me. He was like, what the fuck are you going to do to Pam? And I think he hit the guy. And it was like a big thing. Like he carried me downstairs and took me to a different like house entirely and was like, you're safe here. You're staying here. Wow. And, um, and he saved me from a rape, which could have been a potential gang rape because, I mean, it was a bunch of guys in a frat house all in Rosarito. Right. And there's right. drunk bitch upstairs. I mean, it could have wow. been it could have been really bad. But one of the guys wasn't a dick. And isn't that so That's, nice? Wow. Just that, takes one. It just takes one. Because that could have altered your whole experience, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, definitely. It would have been that would have been a pretty awful thing to go through in college. Yeah, well, especially if they were drunk and they were like, all right, guys, she knows we got to kill her. All right. That's... <laughs> Our lives are at stake here. Oh, my God. I don't think... I think that they... I don't know. That's what you do with drunk girls, isn't it? In fraternities, you find them, and then they're wasted, and then you all have sex with them. That's what happens, right, in fraternities? Yeah. I mean, I just... I I never went. I skipped that institution. I I stopped going to frat parties my senior year in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I I knew better. I'm like, because after just seeing what was going on and I'm just like I'm like this is this is some bullshit this is some rapey stuff I've seen on Lifetime rapey stuff. a lot of hormones yeah mixed and in it's with just like and the and thing is and then we're high school girls on top of that so that's even like oh, uh, yeah like you're definitely prey that's and strawberries in the fruit salad yeah. that's it. <laughs> and 
you know, I, I've never, I've, I've always been afraid of frat parties after having seen what was going on. And look, I went to art school, so we didn't have fraternities. Right. Well, we went, I went to UCSD, so they were all smart guys. So that's the thing is I was like, oh, smart guys, they must all not be rapists. I, I don't trust But them. I think it, it goes across uh, all. And, and, and it, you, just because you're in a college doesn't mean you're intelligent. Although UC San Diego is kind of like a smarty piece. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, like, like house parties where a chick will hook up with a dude and then like the uh, the the beta males the, the like lesser dudes think that like oh well since she fucked him, she'll definitely fuck me oh, then, because I'm better than him. And, like, I've seen a lot of that kind of shit. Like, people getting beat up for that kind of stuff and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had the... the so when I was in high school, I was convinced that alcohol was kind of bullshit and the people that blacked out were all full of shit <laughs> because uh, they were just being who they wanted to be or saying what they wanted to say. Because when you're in high school, you just get drunk and, you know, I don't even like Becky. She's a bitch. Like, shit like that. <laughs> but uh, when I turned 21, that was my first blackout time. And I hooked up with this chick, like woke up at her place and like had no idea where the fuck I was. No, it was my 21st birthday, fucking was insanely hungover. And worst of all, like we had fucked around hardcore to the point where that flap of skin that holds onto your tongue, Ouch. it was cut in from me trying to extend my tongue further than it was capable of going. <laughs> that was a rough one. <laughs> Well, at least you... Sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. I had her drop me off <laughs> at the gas station. <laughs> had me drop her off at the gas station. I went into the gas station. I bought a tall can, cracked it open right outside. Didn't know you that was illegal to do and just <laughs> drank it. So my buddy Ronnie came and picked me up. There's, Happy 21. Dude, nice. this, this is why they should lower the drinking age, I think. To 18. Well, yeah. I really. Do. I'm sorry. If you're able to go to war and kill people, you I should be able to drink. Absolutely. Because well, that's gonna fuck you up. So yeah. why not fuck yourself up? Exactly. Well, and the thing is that hopefully, with uh, the future that's happening, people will be more apt to use marijuana as as an introductory sort of drug as opposed to like, it's a gateway drug well alcohol is a gateway drug alcohol, Any, anything yeah, is Prozac is a gateway drug fucking yeah. all of it's a gateway drug and Oxygen. vitamins vitamins are a gateway drug are you fucking kidding me getting people used to the concept of taking something besides like a food substance like we've made this pill for you yeah. here kids take your vitamins here kids exactly. take your vitamins that's just totally a way of like an, an inoculating them against the fear of taking drugs Conform. I won't even take aspirin anymore Conform. I used to take I used I will take ibuprofen if I'm in a lot of pain. But other than that, like, man, I'm going to smoke weed. I try to avoid taking ibuprofen or anything, you know, unless, you know, if, like, I'm, if I'm really cramping and I'm in a fetal position and I, I'm like, I can't take this, I'll take some ibuprofen. But, I mean, to me, a lot of pills, like I say, they're... <laughs> they're a way to control. They're mind yeah. control to me. Sure, sure. And I honestly, though I'm a bartender, I do feel that out of everything, drug-wise, I think alcohol is like one of the worst. Yeah. It is one of the worst. It, but it's so you okay. You don't it's black so out okay. on marijuana. Yeah. I've never smoked so much weed that I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened. That, right. That well, unless it's really happen. boring. <laughs> You're like, what happened? I don't remember. Any oh, yeah, I just talked to Mike about you know, Walgreens. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, exactly. you still people, you still have people it's in society. It's not a blackout. Yeah, there's a black year out. Well, you still have people in society that talk about marijuana like it's so evil, but they will drink like a 12 pack. Yeah. And I'm just like, you hypocrisy. you make no sense. You make no sense. How dare you talk about marijuana that way? Yeah. Here, and I'm gonna give, and I'm gonna give them some Alta California botanicals. It's uh, we're at the we're at the top of the hour, so we're gonna do tell you guys that you're listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. Thanks for listening, downloading this podcast, or if you're listening live. You guys aren't. I told you to call in. If you have your own sobriety, failed, or uh, successful attempts. Call in anonymously and just get something off your chest. Were you like an asshole sometime? Yeah. Fucking, you're talking you to like the gang to assholes. We'll get, we get you right. 415 yeah. Call us from work, Ruby Gill. Yeah, call us. Talking to you. Let us know how yeah. you do. Well, you know, I, the other thing I think about, too, is like... before. Like with with like the drugs that really fuck you up, like alcohol or cocaine. Once you start doing the drug, you want to do more, more of the drug. Like, yeah. there's been plenty of times where I've smoked pot and then I've just been like, I'm good, man. I'm just gonna fucking sit here <laughs> yeah. for a while. Like, I don't I don't want any more. But like when you're on acid, usually you're not like, I want more acid. <laughs> you know? Exactly right. But when you're on acid, you're like, Oh my god, I want to just survive this. And get this wolf to stop singing Christmas carols. Oh fuck. Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> but if you're on cocaine, you don't oh, you, stop you do not want to stop that party. Oh, I hate cocaine so much. It turns me into the... I did cocaine for a little bit, and I stopped. Not because it was cost prohibitive, and not because it wasn't ubiquitous, and not because it was damaging my life in any way, other than I became an intolerable asshole when I was on it. Like, I already sort of have a healthy ego and self-esteem, and have an ability to talk about myself that surpasses normal human beings but on cocaine I think that I'm a fucking genius that every word syllable sound that drips from my honeyed lips is true from the gods to you lucky you and then you get to hear it oh and I know everything about everything it is the egotistical drug I actually like it oh it makes me such (laughs) I I feel like such an asshole the next morning that I don't ever want to do that again because it is, I must be intolerable for other people. I, I usually like when I'm on it, I just usually speed talk or dance. Uh, but I always get ideas. Like, I'm like, hey, you should start selling your paintings in Paris. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. Like, wait, it's just like, and now you have this idea of like selling something and, and doing it. And like, we can do it. And yeah, yeah, let's do it. Another snort. And then, yeah. And so like, and it's just like, and it's just like, I love this song. Let's dance. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I'm going to ask you my mom. You're going to Sean, uh, Sean Rouse, who will be coming to San Francisco to perform comedy when Dave Attell is here, whenever Dave is going to be here, he uh, he has some great jokes where he's uh, he's talking about crank. He's like, you ever tried crank before? Yeah. That shit makes you a crackhead immediately. <laughs> he's like, you do one line of crank, you come up with all these weird business ideas. Like, let's get a puppy and sell it for a profit. Like, nobody wants to buy it. He's like, well, we'll get a puppy, then we'll shave him. Then we'll sell him for a profit. And uh, his other one was like, he's like, I don't know what to tell me. On my titties like you wanted me Calling me all the time That Bondi check out my Chrissy behind It's fine all over the time What else is in the teachers of peaches? Like sex on the beaches Uh, what? Huh? Right? What? Uh, 
some backing music. Yeah, what was that? Massive attack from the album. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hello? Why is it so weird? Touch the butt. There we go. On, am I on? Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, it was turned off also earlier, so I had to turn it on, which I remember from last, last time. Week. So we know all the quirks of whoever fucks with the studio before we get here. Stab. Just, just stab. <laughs> just, just stab. Just let us handle it. <laughs> hey, we should put a new, new sound. We sure should. We are the sounds from the street people. Usually, when I listen to the podcast, it's pretty. The ones that I do choose to listen to are pretty, you know, straight. I mean, there's nothing technically it sounds perfect to me. Ooh. (laughs) Technically. That could be technically. That could be because I'm listening to myself. And you get turned (laughs) on. Or to us, yeah. (laughs) But um, we haven't had an issue where we've had to upload it. Yeah, that's true. That's the one good thing. And I I checked it yesterday. Every podcast that we've done since September of 2014 is on one link, and then I have to find, I should find the other one that has, like, the really old ones. Oh, wow. From, like, back in the day. We should 2012 and shit. Oh, yes. we got to find that one. one Party like it's 2012. <laughs> Wasn't that long ago. But, um... And party we did. <laughs> every night, man. Always out there. Was out on the prowl. We've had some some good um, some good times, some bad times, some mediocre times, some meh times, some meh, <coughs> meh. But anyways, we're going to be having a guest later this evening. I almost said afternoon because the sun is <sighs> still shining. Sun is shining strong. Uh, Shot in the Dark will be here, and they're local to the area, and they're going to do an acoustic performance for us, so that should be exciting. And let's see, the new story I had was uh, Prince, who, as everybody knows by now, he uh, was found in his elevator at Paisley Park last week, and um, just some new information has come out about what they're doing to move forward with his music and his um, his estate and um, the money that he has because um, technically he wasn't he wasn't married and he didn't have any um, I guess legal heirs if you want to put it in layman's terms so um, they found his musical vault <laughs> which was literally like behind a closed door so. This should be an interesting story. The vault at Prince's Paisley Park home, thought to contain at least 100 albums worth of unreleased material, has been drilled open. The bank-style vault is said to have been a large room under the property containing shelves of Prince's music, so much that ABC reports that Prince's estate could put out an album a year for the coming century. One day, someone will release them. I don't know that I'll get to release them, Prince told the view of his vault back in 2012. There's Mm. just so many. The Bremer Trust have temporary authority over Prince's estate. He left no will, and it's not clear if or when the release of the music is likely to happen. Susan Rogers, Prince's former engineer, said in the report, we could put out more work in a month than most people could in a year or more. The cause of Prince's death on April 21st, meanwhile, is now the subject of a 
criminal investigation regarding a possible drug overdose. The development is the result of prescription drugs being found at the time of the musician's death. The Associated Press reports that an unnamed law enforcement official confirmed on Thursday that investigations were underway. The same individual also confirmed previous reports that Prince was found unconscious on a plane just a few days before his death. So that's kind of interesting. Um, no. I'm sure we'll be able to hear some of that music. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the future. And they've done that for other artists, too, I think. Uh, yeah, David Bowie is supposed to be releasing some uh, stuff mm-hmm. post, what do you call it, post-mortem? Yeah. Post-famously mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, posthumous. Yeah. That's, I think that's it. So, I guess <clears throat> that's the way to do it if you want. I mean, I don't know if he meant for it to be released. Yeah. Prince, at least. He seemed, he was very, every everything in terms of how the music was released, he was very um, reserved about it. Or yeah. He seemed very conservative about how the music was getting out there. So. I heard this interview where this, you know, Wendy Williams, mm-hmm. she's talking about, because she was good friends with him, and she's talking to, you know, I saw the interview where she's talking about him, obviously. I didn't really watch the show, but I, I was kind of yeah. interested because she's kind of an interesting character to watch and hear her talk about certain personalities right and she was saying like every time that he would call you it wouldn't be him it would be one of his representatives or his assistants or whatever and they would always text you like he wants to see you tonight at certain time Mm -hmm. at certain place Mm -hmm. but it would never you would never you would just automatically know is prince he is prince and whenever they would contact you, you knew you had to be there. And she said that whenever she would uh, go to one of his after parties, which mm-hmm. is most of the most of the events he invited people to were after parties after one of his shows, that he would tell her, like, tell everybody where to sit. Like, you sit here, you sit there, you know, like, everybody had an assigned seating. He was really particular about who was going to sit with who because he thought that it would just make better or, like, livelier conversation or a better time. And it was just kind of like, if he's like that about sitting arrangements, (laughs) imagine how he is with his music arrangement, you know? So it's going to be really interesting to see how they're going to, pile that up into an or how they're going to pile all those songs songs into an album if they're not already in an album i guess right so but i also heard a lot of talk about his assistant or his producer um making music videos like full like fully paid for full you know um full uh what do you call it just like full-on music videos with like actors and stuff like that and like a like a full-on project yeah like a movie yeah a short movie or short film yeah and and then she's like thinking oh great you know we did this music video and it's gonna do really well and then he would just put it in the vault and he's like no i'm not gonna release it i just i'm gonna put it right here and like so i really can't wait to see those because apparently he's been doing that since 1984 so oh wow Interesting. So we'll see. I wonder or what he's he had the vault since 1984. Yeah, I wonder what he was saving it for. <laughs> Who knows? I don't think he even knows. Maybe he just wanted to have it. So he he, w- he was very into 
his faith and I feel like he would always say like I'm just gonna leave it out to God this is all for God you know mm -hmm. because he was like uh, Jehovah oh. Jehovah's Witness and, <clears throat> and and one of the things Wendy was talking about was like no cursing She's like, he hated when I curse. And she, he's like, well, don't curse, Wendy. You're too pretty to curse. Like, don't, you don't need to be cursing all the time. You know, like, why, why would you want to curse? You know? <laughs> so he was very, like, and I don't think people really, like, paid attention to that part of him. I mean, obviously, they paid attention to all the sexy parts of him and, like, obviously his, his great talent, but never his, like, um, he, you know, he wanted to study the Bible, his religious, like, his religious aspect. Yeah. Because I think in a way he, he wasn't hiding it, but in a way he didn't really want to, you know, I don't know. Like he, he, I think he had both separately yet. He thought he always thanked to God for his talents. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting. He's an interesting character I or was not know that. <laughs> uh, another news. I do have radio ahead in the news. Uh -huh. It just came out today, uh, 14 hours ago. So it says right here, uh, out of Pitchfork, Radiohead fans received mysterious Burn the Witch leaflets. The band known Know Where You Live, according to cards sent to the UK fans in the post. Oh my God, it's an actual leaflet. Um, Radiohead fans are on the lookout for signs of the band's forthcoming album following the announcement of a world tour and speculation around their registration of two new companies, Don Chorus LLP and Down Chorus L uh, Limited. This morning, several UK fans received an eerie, mysterious update via post. Reports have emerged of leaflets reading, sign a song of sixpence that goes, burn the witch, we know where you live with an embossed Radiohead logo, which is what I have that too on my left arm, uh, via Twitter and Reddit users who say they have previously made offers from the group, or I'm sorry, previously made orders from the group. Burn the Witch is the name of Radiohead's track thought to have originated around 2003 to 2005. Below you can hear two very brief snippets of the intro and check out the leaflets. Uh, Pitchfork has contacted the band's representatives for comment. You can read the 19 unreleased Radiohead songs that could be on their next album on the pitch. <clears throat> and then this is the leaflet they got. Mm -hmm. And it's just basically... Are they talking about me again? They're... <laughs> Brenda Witch. <laughs> I guess what they're trying to say is like... They're always, they're big on Big Brother. Like they're big on like conspiracies and stuff like that. Which Big Brother in London is not like a... CCTV. Yeah, it's not. I've been doing that for a long time. <clears throat> right. So they're just saying, like, we know where you live. Like, this is for you, Burns Witch, you know? Uh, <laughs> they're trying to scare some of their fans. I think it's awesome. I, I wish I kind of, you know, was there for, I would have gotten one of those in my mailbox, but, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I've ordered anything through their website, though. I think I've tried ordering in rainbow, not in rainbows, uh, King of Limbs when it came out, and um, it was just the site was down because it was the first, it was the release date, and everything everybody was trying to get mm -hmm. their hands on, because um, you know when they f they first release something they're like oh there's special ones that have like signatures or mm -hmm. like a stain or you know like watermark I don't know, and um, the website was just down and I couldn't get. It through to no. buy my my little copy but um i did 
It was successful. I was successful with In Rainbows because it was free. Uh, what year did that come out? 2007. Oh, okay. I think I remember that. Yeah, so that one was or Choose Your Own price yeah i remember when that came out so obviously i was still in high school so my price was a zero but uh eventually i did buy it at um uh, virgin mm-hmm. records or records. Mm-hmm. Virgin. virgin yeah yep, you were still around before they went out of business and became my forever 21 <laughs> um but i put it up here when i was visiting at because they were going out of business when i was visiting and i was oh, like really? and i was like oh yes yeah, i'm gonna buy my shit and i bought like back in the day i think i bought bjork's uh best of and the smiths the best of the smiths and that that cd i burned to the ground and um I also bought Sigurus, and I bought a bunch of Radiohead that I was missing. Oh, good times. Good times. Let's just say, going back to San Diego on the airplane with all that shit, they, I got stopped <laughs> by the security. Like, what you got in there? TSA. Yeah, they were really worried because of CD-ROMs, and they're like, what? who buys these anymore? Oh, right, because I had literally, 2007, yeah. I literally just started using an iPod. Yeah. I had not converted when it came out, yeah. 2000, 2001. Yeah. I was totally against it. And then somebody gave theirs to me and I was like, what, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I like the portability, portability, oh my God, portability mushrooms. <laughs> portability. Uh, of having the iPod. I did, I did like that because it's so tiny and you could put it in your pocket and that to me was attractive, but I could just never afford one. Yeah. They were pricey. But now, nobody gets a shit. Now it's just there. Now it's like your phone. And I was so against the iPhone too. I was like, it's a phone, a camera, and an iPod all in one. What if what? it breaks and I'm left with nothing, you what know? What the hell? Yeah. But what the fuck? alas, here we I, are. Yeah, here we are. Codependency. Less than ten years later. <laughs> exactly. That was part of his evil plan. Burn the witch. <laughs> <laughs> We're burning slowly, if you think about it. Oh Lord. <laughs> We're witches for every, sure. Every use. Yeah. Just get one step closer to death, people. That's what yeah. we do. That's what we do here at Mutiny Radio. In case you're just tuning in, <laughs> bring you down. Um, so uh, Glastonbury, the Glastonbury Festival lineup was just announced. This is from TheEnemy.com. Glastonbury Festival has announced more acts for its sprawling 2016 lineup, which is being headlined by none other than Adele, Muse, and Coldplay. I would have never guessed those three. Um, after recently posting the acts for the Dance Village, Silver Haze, the festival has now shared who we can expect to see at the Common. The festival describes the Common, which is located in the southeast corner of the site, as an entire late-night world that embodies the true spirit of the festival. Ooh. Tribal temples and dark caves, incredible live music, ritualistic paint-throwing, tomato fights, a Celtic festival of the dead, and a jaw-dropping waterfall. That sounds where I want to be. Acts include a DJ set from the streets, Mike Skinner. I haven't heard of him in years. Poet Kate Tempest, sub-focus, and drum sound and bass line Smith. Yeah, I think they just posted this the other day. Somebody else I know is playing this festival, but, I mean, it's a pretty well-known festival, and they have some pretty... Uh, big names in attendance every year. So if you want to find out more, um, you can go to their official website, glastonbury.com, and then as also the enemy always has 
lots of information about any upcoming festivals over there. Oh, the festival's other main headliners include Beck, Falls, LCD Sound System, Churches, James Blake, PJ Harvey, uh, ZZ Top, New Order, Disclosure, and Bring Me the Horizon, among many more. This will take place June 22nd through the 26th and is now completely sold out. So I guess it's kind of like their version of Coachella, I think, I'd say. Which festival is it? Glass- Glastonbury. Well, for sure, yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. I have Tom DeLong in the news. If you didn't know, Tom DeLong is from, was a former member of uh, Blink-182, which I kind of rekindled my love for in the last few days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have released some new shit like yesterday, so <clears throat> I haven't listened to it yet, so I'm not gonna say anything. Uh, <laughs> Me neither. You're is saying. Tom DeLong for real about this UFO stuff? Motherboard investigates. It's not. Oh my god, how long is this? It's not that long. Okay. <clears throat> um, well that's my place. It's not every motherboard interviews a rock star, but it's also not every day a rock star releases a 700-page opus about aliens and UFOs and deep government conspiracy going back to the 1940s. Tom DeLong, the former guitarist and co-lead singer of Blink-182, has a new act. It's called Secret Machines, and it's a massive project that includes books, films, music about UFO phenomena. The first installment, a novel called Chasing Shadows, co-written with author A.G. Hartley, A.J. Hartley, came out in on 9, April 5th. It's a rockling page turner about a skeptical journalist who runs a UFO debunking website, a Holocaust survivor, and a Harris whose father's mis- whose father mysteriously dies, and a marine pilot who gets uh, read recruited in a secret government technology project at Area 51. Somehow, their stories all intersect. Um, But the book is in pure fiction. DeLong says it's based on real events and sourced from DeLong's own research. For as long as I can remember, I have sought answers, he wrote in the foreword. Uh, The rock star has a circle of 10 advisors helping him on this stuff, he says, and one of them is a high-level member of the Pentagon. Wow. <laughs> this Department of Defense advisor gave DeLong a go-ahead to take the story, the real story, to the masses on the condition that he introduced it bit by bit through fiction and nonfiction. DeLong has long been dipping in and out of the UFO conspiracy theory community. In 2011, he launched a website called Strange Times, which fizzled and has a, uh, appeared multiple times on the cult hip paranormal talk show Coast to Coast. Oh, I've heard of that. We talked to DeLong about his beliefs, his project, and how Chasing Shadows came into his existence. We also dive into the weird and wonderful world of conspiracy theorists in the longest radio motherboard episode to date. Featuring Tom DeLong, motherboard editor and chief direct Mead, senior supervising come back producer uh, Chris O'Coin, managing editor Adrian Jeffries, and reporter Quiet. Jason Kovler <laughs> and paranormal uh, investigator, dark journalist. That's Big Brother telling you what to do through your fucking iPhone. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Speaking of conspiracies. <laughs> For real. That's interesting, though. I didn't know that he completely just 
went off the so what it seems radar. like is he's he's not only it's i mean it's not really out of the radar because he is he's releasing he's releasing a novel and he's releasing a movie okay i mean he went off the deep end somehow. yeah that's it well he's always believed in ufos and there's a bunch of lincoln 82 songs mm-hmm. re- you know that touching on that subject. yeah so but it's just kind of like now he's like a little more serious where he actually has people who are like quote unquote credible on in the area mm-hmm. with the government conspiracies and pentagon and area 51 and all that but i mean I mean, it sells. I'm not gonna lie. I I would probably read it because to me that's interesting. I mean, I don't specific. I don't believe it per se, but I think it's an interesting thing to read because conspiracies, even if you're like now, they're interesting to read. It's an interesting read. It's kind of like reading 1984. You know, that was a good book. Yeah, I enjoyed reading it. I yeah. should read it again. That's, I have um, it if you want to borrow it. I think I have it too. Okay. And Animal Farm too. I read that one. Oh, I need to read that one. Yeah, that's interesting. That one's, I mean, 1984 is pretty relevant, but I feel like Animal Farm, I'm starting to like, I mean, I can see it like yeah, in happening. our day to day lives, you yeah. know? But um, I mean, and he wrote those books back after World War II, I think, right? Yeah. In the late 40s, early mm-hmm. 50s. And it's just interesting um, seeing how it, how it plays out. Um, even decades later, you know, yeah, how things are are still relevant. But yeah, I I mean, I believe in some of that stuff too. I mean, some of it's kind of far fetched and kind of outlandish. But then I think, you know, I know that ghosts exist, so there's got to be other life forms out there. Right. Maybe they're all ghosts. <laughs> Just space ghosts. They're all like, oh, I love that cartoon. <laughs> it inspired cartoon. me. Yeah, space ghosts, coast to coast. Remember? No, I never seen that. It was on cart. There he is, right there. Um, am, is my voice coming through? By the yeah. way, okay. I just thought it was like maybe I'm hallucinating. I'm just talking into the microphone and nothing's coming out. No, I can hear you but it was a cartoon. It either came out. I think it came out like in the '90s. It was on Cartoon Network, and he was like he dressed like a superhero with a mask, and he would interview famous people. You never saw it. I never saw it, but I think I've seen like yeah. It's, it's probably on on YouTube. It's it's pretty funny. I mean, he would ask just like kind of outlandish questions. I can't think of one in particular, but I think he interviewed Jim Carrey at one point when it was like the height of his career. But it's Mask. weird. Yeah, I think yeah. it was around that time, and he was. I mean, it's Jim. It's Jim Carrey. He's talking to Jim Carrey, but he's a cartoon. It was like kind of a weird thing to see back then. But now it's probably it's not that big of a it's deal. It's been done. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this guy's hilarious. Wow, I need to check that out. Yeah, space space ghost, coast to coast. That's what he called himself. That's catchy. He's just an uh, egotist, just like the rest of us. Makes sense. Yeah, you got you to gotta have a story to tell. You got to have your ego. You got to have it somehow in your arsenal. Keep it going. How come there's all kinds of weird shit in here? Look at the microphone. Look at that. What happens here after hours? They love to turn off the second microphone because whoever was sitting in this chair doesn't deserve to have a voice. They're just like chewing on the the microphone cover. Just like hitting their face against the microphone. Yeah. But actually, it's every time I try and use it, it's always like just 
get rid of it. I don't want a second microphone. I only need one. Because they're loaders. They're probably here by themselves. And they're like, aw, screw this. And then those mics are like, just, I don't need to look at them. I don't need to leave them the way they are. I need to physically move them to the other side of the table so I don't have to even think about other people being in the studio with me. Yeah. It's like this weird, like, psychological shift that happens. (laughs) They don't want to be reminded of how lonely they are. <laughs> Things can get... I can say this from experience, and maybe you can too, but it gets kind of lonely in here if it's just one person. It does. But it was kind of fun when I used to do it, and there was the cafe, because then people would come in and kind of... there was Interact that, with you a little it, bit. Exactly. There was, there was that whole vibe. But um, nowadays, it's kind of a weird dynamic. There yeah. hasn't been a lot of things happening at eight o'clock recently i mean um rentals no there hasn't i think a lot of the stuff goes down now at fridays on on fridays she's been doing a lot of stuff on fridays and then um she does she does a lot of appearances at different comedy places around san francisco so good for her good for you pam yeah yay pam (laughs) she's an amazing lady and um you know the station's still kind of floating along we're still here and we always have interesting stories to tell i feel yeah maybe not being here maybe not that interesting super interesting yeah it always sounds better after i listen to it i'm like ah, oh, that's so awesome it was so professional. And now we're like, Ugh. <laughs> the weather is just kind of making us like. I know it's making us so sleepy. Like like <laughs> I would definitely like enjoy like a popsicle right now. I'm sure you would. <laughs> All melting and sugary coated and mm. <laughs> an orange sickle. Ooh, those are good with yeah. the the with cream creamsicle. Creamsicle, orange popsicle, orange creamsicle. Yeah, what brand was there? Was it Dole? I don't know. I can't remember the one I used to Dole have. Dole makes pretty good uh, popsicles, though. Uh-huh. Dole banana. Dole pineapple. All right, we'll stop. <laughs> we're not getting paid by Dole, by <laughs> the way. Keep being Dole, weird. if you're hearing this, we're pitching an idea. We'll talk to you. Our people will talk to your people. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to find us. Yeah. Or maybe not. We're on Facebook. Um, Sounds from the street. Uh, that's our Facebook page. And then the Mutiny Radio page is going through some updates, I believe. But they kind of defaulted back to the original web page. But then they had the, the new one for a period of time. But it wasn't completely updated. Um, but anyways, mutinyradio.fm. That's our, that's our hubbub for now. <laughs> and yes, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we were kind of doing a semi-tribute to Prince last week, so I thought we would play. Um, there's a couple songs on um, this wonderful mix CD that I made um, not too long ago. Well, pretty long ago, like 2002, 2003. <laughs> but it really came in handy because I do not have any of his stuff on record or yeah so now i do (laughs) now i can safely say i do but anyway stay tuned for more mutiny radio
Shot in the Dark. If you're just tuning in, they're playing a live set for us here at Mutiny Radio. If you want to come join us, we're located at 2781 21st Street on the corner of 21st and Florida in the Mission District of San Francisco. And now they're going to come join us in the studio for a little interview and they're going to tell us a little bit about themselves. And um, thanks, you guys. <laughs> thanks for stopping on by. <laughs> Don't be shy. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Anytime. Now that was a that was a great uh, track that we just heard. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, Paula wrote it. Um. <laughs> She's like, I'm not gonna say a word. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's I think probably one of the first songs Polly and I learned. We learned two songs when we first started uh, just a little while ago, and that was one of them. Like we each brought a song. Polly writes, I write, as of now, and we each brought a song in, and that was mine. And uh, that's kind of where we started. Awesome. How did you guys meet? Well, we Paul and I have been playing together off and on for like years, <laughs> like years, and in other in other formats. Mm -hmm. Like rock, we played rock and roll rock music and some punk and different stuff mm -hmm. and um, we decided because uh, we come from really different backgrounds but we've always been able to meet in the middle so we tried mm -hmm. to like step up meeting in the middle and mix different styles exactly like electro paul is really into that and uh -huh. really good at then the kids the brains of the operation and i'm like a i play fuzzy guitar a lot <laughs> and, um, and rock and then sunny yeah. sunny i think it, it brings a lot of soul influences but it's classically trained as well so oh, it's, we're trying to meet in the middle and do like a hybrid that's kind of different yeah is that is what you're doing now different than what you were doing back in the beginning when you first met or how has the music evolved over time uh when when we first started this uh, shot in the dark uh i don't know we've gotten more rock i think yeah, <laughs> this, it's interesting because we use drum machines, and you know, like um, pa Paula does all that. I just play guitar, and Paula does the remainder of everything, so drum machines and synthesizers and stuff like that. So playing it acoustic is different too. She's a multi instrumentalist over there. She is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I hate them. <laughs> but if you know how to use them and manipulate them to do what you want. The more power to you. <laughs> do you, when you guys are recording, is it in a studio environment or do you do it in the privacy of your own home or how does that work? We just recently started recording and um, we just have our first uh, CD re single release party not too long ago. So we have the two awesome. tracks, Fanfic and Over, that are on there. So please check it out. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page and uh, there's a link that's on there that you can go and check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, but we just did that recording at Tiny Telephone Studios. I think ah, was the name of it. I've heard of that place. That's it. There was a bunch of little teeny telephones in it. <laughs> like, in the actual recording. Well, no, no. Sadly, no. <laughs> That's a bummer. We'll do you know, that next time. Okay. We'll do that next time. Besides the gong, I've always wanted to be the world's busiest gongist, and I haven't got there. Never mind. <laughs> But well, tiny telephones come right after being a very busy yeah. gongist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's close enough to 420, right? Oh uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Wasn't that long That's ago? <laughs> and do you guys have guest musicians on some of your recordings, or do you mostly stick to the three-piece format? Well, we haven't been together uh, too long. I joined the band uh, about. Seven months ago now, yeah, almost like a year. That. I should say almost a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were just fine-tuning everything that they had already put together and trying to put some new compilations together. So we're really excited right. to have that going on that we haven't introduced having anybody else in yet. Mm -hmm. But maybe in the future. We'll see. We had a couple different singers before we were blessed to meet Sonny, and that was... Um, Adventuresome, <laughs> to be demure, um, but it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. This is way different for us. Doing an acoustic is nice. Oh, you know is what it? I mean? And uh, mixing music styles like that, yeah. it takes time. It's like something you got to kind of grow into, and, and we're doing that. So it's actually not where it's going to be yet, and we're not actually sure what that is yet, which is a little mm -hmm. scary, but also kind of exciting. You oh, know? definitely. You got to try new things, right? You got to take risks. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you got to keep some things that are like this place. It's just such a relief in San Francisco. I've been here a long, long time, and I've seen a lot of changes. And uh, good and bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I was uh, I was being a negative Nelly. No, I was no. A lot of the changes suck. Yeah. So um, it's really nice to see this place here because it reminds me of a lot of things that we but we lost, and it's a relief. So this is good to to see that you're doing this here. This place. Send us your money. Send yeah. us all your money. Yeah. And I love that you're saying that. A lot of artists and people are creative and Keep doing the real thing. We don't want to ask for yeah. money. We yeah. suck at that. Yeah. I hope I can say no. suck. I guess it's yeah. too late, but I think because we've been here so long, we're not afraid to ask for what we know is well, the answer. Well, that's how we are here is through just donations and yeah, the dues that we give. We pay we pay money every <laughs> we month pay money to every keep month it going. Pay, yeah, yeah. So it's rent is not cheap or free. <laughs> yeah, we all live in San Francisco, and you know what? I think that uh, there's this weird conception where like art should be free for everyone. Well, why, you know, why aren't tacos for everyone free then? You know, I know they're awesome. You know, I, mean, I, would I, love I would that. love to have free tacos, but I mean, artists and people who are doing radio and people who are doing creative things deserve to get paid as well. I think we should get paid mo, but I might be a little biased. <laughs> no, I totally agree with that. And there have been talks about that since I've been here, getting a little stipend. Maybe not, you know, we're not getting paid a salary wage or anything, but some kind of, we're getting something back for doing what we've been doing for the past six years you know we've been giving um bands like you you know free airtime yeah, access you. to our space and our airwaves and it just seems like unfortunately it was hard before you know this influx of tech it was definitely hard you know five six years ago but now it's even harder mm -hmm. to to do what we're doing now yeah but She's making me do We're it. I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> yeah. She's gotta like, go. Are we doing a show this week? The neighborhood is representing, so that's great. Yes. We, yeah. sh we sure are. I'm glad to have you guys here. Are you playing any live shows coming up? Uh, yeah, we're going to be at um, Above DNA Lounge on June 5th. June 5th. Awesome. And have you guys, what's your favorite venue that you've played at so far? In this band or in San Francisco? Just in general. In general? Mm -hmm. I played the Warfield. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But I've only played there once. Well, that's a treat. You know, it was very cool. Yeah. yeah. Were you, who were you playing with? That was a band called the White, I'm in the White Trash Debutantes. Which oh, is, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an to adventure. To be told. Yeah, it's been a, that, that band's been around forever. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm not the longest standing member I've survived. Good for you. you know, but I didn't get to go on Jerry Springer with the rest of them. Son uh, of a. Yeah. I came out after that. But uh, as far as like local venues, I, Bottom of the Hill is still here. It is. Bottom of the Hill is yeah. a great venue. Mm -hmm. We played at Club Monarch, which has a really good sound I system. I like that place. We were there not too long ago. Yeah, and it's a weird little place on it 6th is. Street. And I think that yeah. that's cool, you know. They have kind of the house. When we were there, they were playing DJ, DJ type yeah. stuff. They're which more I guess known for doing their DJs. Uh -huh. but they they invite shows. some bands every now and then. So that's really, cool. really that's awesome. Cool. Uh -huh. Keeping the door open. Yeah. Wide open. Yeah, like it was cool. It was um, we played with other bands that were also, you know, is it electro? What's the word I should use, Paula? Uh, <laughs> label, label. They didn't have drummers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Drum machines, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. And remind us of your website again. So. It is. Oh, we're, we're cheap. We don't actually, we didn't buy a donut pane. <laughs> so um, we're on WordPress, wordpress.shotthedarksf.com. 
com. So. And how did you get that name? Polly. It was just a shot in the dark. It's <laughs> <you know? laughs> cliches. I, th- I thought it sounded cool. Yeah. You know, so it, it was really it's that deep. It makes well, it makes you think like, hmm, I wonder what they're about. What's going on with Oh, these good. Guys? Good. <laughs> it's <laughs> mysterious. Yeah, I like that. You know, I just thought it sounded cool and a little and a little like off. Yes. You know, a little off the beaten path. You know, I've been in bands with a lot of names, and you know, I've been in bands that got kicked out of places, and we changed the name and went back with the same band. You know, <laughs> back in the day. So I've thought of a lot of band names. You know, over the years. A lot. What's the worst one so far? Worst band name? Yeah. I was in a band called Don King's Hair. <laughs> and you know, we used to get in cabs, and people were like, "That band's really good," and it wasn't. <laughs> you know, and we only played a couple of shows. So it was like, "I hear, but you guys play all over," and we're like, "Yeah, all over the same two places, <laughs> same two venues that'll take us." Yeah, and our poster was just a picture of Don King's hair. Hair, that's yeah. You know. He has amazing hair, by the way. Stood yeah. the test of time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the least profane cool name, so I'll go with that. <laughs> you know. We're a community radio. We don't care. Yeah. Curse. You know, we were paying. Yeah. We're paying for all the curse words in our language and all the other languages that exist. So I love German. So multicultural cursing. I like it. Yeah. German kind of sounds like people are cursing no matter what they're saying. Right? It you really know? is. That's because they are cursing. They're just mad. They're mad all the time. Yeah. What can people expect to see when they go to your show at the DNA Lounge on June 5th? I think they will be entertained, depending on which song list we do. (laughs) I'm keeping it mysterious. Um, (laughs) No, but we just try to have a good time. Um, You will definitely hear the influences of the rock, the grunge, the soul, the synth pop, uh, all of those different genres mixed together. And we uh, just really like to be involved with the audience as much as we can. And we just try to have fun. Well, it seems like the audiences follow you no matter where you go. So you guys already have, you know, something that's working for you. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know you could have people here to watch. I it, thought they were know? friends of yours. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's great to have you guys. And I think you're going to play two more songs for yeah. us. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Awesome. If you allow us, we will. Yes, I fully Should allow you play it. A, a song out, right. out of the CD while you guys set yeah, up for this. Yeah, that sounds great. That but sounds you can like hear what we actually what we sound like. Usually, uh, what we're doing now, which is a big difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What track would you like me to play? Fanfic. Fanfic. It's much nicer. Do you know what number? No. One. Okay. <laughs> Numero uno, por favor. Charisma. He was an actor, had an aura of fame, a 
exactly who you are. I love all your work, but your roles are so dark. He said, I've got secrets for playing that part. There was a vision of charisma. He was an actor, had an aura of fame about him. You could feel it from across the room. The way he used his eyes and his hands, his own body was transmitting. Whatever he was feeling, he could make you feel it. in the dark is here and we just played one of the tracks from their ep and they're going to resume playing uh, two live tracks for us so stay tuned for more mutiny radio so um there's a possibility that raymond douglas davies isn't god but he wrote this song You can 
for listening we are once again shot in the dark we've got paula Suter on keyboards Polly gray on guitar and i am sunny mcgarity on vocals we will have another show june 5th at the dna lounge we would love to see you there if you have the opportunity to come out it will be a lot of fun with about six bands so come on down and join the fun we've got one more song for you and I'm not even going to tell you the name of it. <laughs> it's called I Got You. <laughs>
and you're listening to another edition of Sounds from the Street. <laughs> that was Shot in the Dark. And I don't know if they want to come back in for one more little quick chat. Just for just for a little yes. bit. <laughs> Not too long. <laughs> we have that other track. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Tell us a little bit about that song that we just heard, or I guess both songs. Uh, the first one's a kink song. Oh. It's my comment about that there's theories that Raymond Davies, Raymond Douglas Davies, yeah. God, I kind of, I think. Uh-huh. That, some some people would say yes, yeah. I, I think he is. <laughs> you know? Some people would agree. <laughs> yeah. He wrote You Really Got Me when he was 12. Really? It's the first song he wrote, so I think mm. that just proves it right there, you okay. know? I mean, it's as good as any other theories I've heard about other stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Yep. And then I got you. About S&M. <laughs> you know, it's about bringing S&M to the masses, which mm-hmm. I think is a and good thing. And it's so different live. When we play it with the full setup, it is so different than what you just heard. <laughs> <laughs> that was the stripped-down version of that, right? Whoops. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We were playing around, and then this opportunity happened. Uh, we were joking one night. I was like, ooh, I'm going to do a jazzy version of I Got You. And uh, we got to do a <laughs> I like upbeat that. version. It reminded me of, like, Chicago or, you know, one of those burlesque shows uh-huh. kind of feel, <laughs> which I liked. I was like, good for them. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, because you don't, I think that's kind of that caters maybe to a certain crowd, but I think it's interesting. You know, like some people might be interested in that, but may not have known until they see you guys perform that song. So, yeah. So you guys are going to be playing at the DNA Lounge June 5th. Mm-hmm. Do you know the other bands that are going to be playing that night? Uh, we don't have the list. We don't yet. have the list. Oh, okay. Yeah. And people can find out more about it on your Facebook page. Yes, we will be posting as it gets closer to the event. Show the Dark yeah. SF. Shot in the dark. I think there's like a thinking that I'm so clever with the name. I think yeah. there's like a twelve year old metal band or something that has the same name, but they're not twelve year old Orange County. So, but they, they were just go before. down there, <laughs> go down there and tell them to change their names right nah, now. Nah, nah. <laughs> we're filling different niches, <laughs> different tastes, the different yeah, sections go. of California. Yeah. NorCal versus SoCal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Uh-oh. same old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the orange curtain, and they have to deal with that. So. <laughs> so should we play track two from the sure. CD? That would be great. Awesome. Thank you. We will do that. <laughs> 